Hello, Spring Garden and Nefsters. Welcome to the first annual Thanksgiving episode. I am your host, Matt Penridge, and I am super excited for you to hear a story I wrote. It's titled, Lewis and Clark Discover Friendsgiving. It's narrated by the awesome Julia Schroeder. It is voiced by the gnarly Mitch Sosha, who plays Lewis. And yours truly is on the Clark. So, without further ado, Spring Garden and Neff presents Lewis and Clark Discover Friendsgiving. November 1805, somewhere west of the Mississippi. Hey, Lewis, you got a second? Clark called from inside their tent. Lewis was chopping wood. He rolled his eyes. What is it now? He replied. Lewis, would you just stop yelling like a dingus and just come here? You're the one yelling like a dingus, Clark, you dillweed. Lewis was annoyed, but he needed a break from his chore. It was hard work, and he had been at it for a good 12 minutes. With a swing that made the Paul Bunyan blush in his grave, Lewis's magnificent axe was safely lodged in the tree stump. The axe was a gift from Clark to commemorate the fifth anniversary of the day they met in 1794 in New Axburg at an axe store. Lewis cherished it from the moment it emerged from behind the homemade gift wrap it was meticulously concealed in. Because it was powerful, beautiful, delicate, and incredibly rude all at once, he named it Susan. Susan was the greatest axe the world had ever known. And it reminded Lewis that, at times, he took Clark's friendship for granted. He'd forgotten their anniversary that year, and the belated remembrance ham he gave Clark the next day had not alleviated his guilt, no matter how much Clark loved ham. And he really loved ham. But Clark wasn't angry that Lewis forgot. Their friendship wasn't about anniversary gifts. It was about... friendship. Inside the tent... Clark grew impatient. He poked his head through the door and yelled, Would you? He stopped abruptly. Lewis was already there. Oh, good. There you are, he said. Would you please join me in our tent? That depends. On what? Lewis crossed his arms. Are you done screaming like a buffoon? Yeah, I'm done screaming like a buffoon. Fine, show me what is so important. He stepped into the tent. Look around and tell me what you see, said Clark. The inside of our tent. No. Then whose tent is it? Clark was in no mood for Lewis's crap. That's not what I meant, and you know it. Actually, Clark, I have no freaking clue what you meant, so maybe just go ahead and tell me so I can get back to chopping wood. The tent is covered in sand, Lewis. Wall to wall, east to west. I'm talking north to south. It's like the dang Sahara in here. So what? So what? What do you mean, so what? Clark's face turned crimson. His hands flailed. We have a shoes-off policy, Clark. That's what. We agreed to it. You take your shoes off before you enter the tent. It keeps the sand out. If you come in here with your shoes on, you get sand all over the place. Wait. He said, rubbing his chin. I thought we agreed to a shoes-on policy. Oh, 
Real funny, Lewis. Why don't you send that one to the town crier? Maybe I will. Is this entire expedition a joke to you? He asked in earnest. Well, you must think it's a nagging contest since that's all that you do. Oh, I didn't realize that's all I do. Clark walked out of the tent quickly, but with dignity. Lewis knew he'd gone too far and felt like a big dumb jerk. Clark, wait. I'm sorry. He said, then exited the tent. Clark was at the tree stump, his back to Lewis. He was holding Susan, inspecting its blade. Lewis closed the gap between them. Be careful, I sharpened it this morning. Clark turned the axe to inspect the blade from a different angle. Yeah, it's sharp as shit. Thanks. Hey, I'm sorry about the sand. I I didn't do it on purpose. Huh. Tell that to my sandy crotch and crack, he replied, fighting back a chuckle. Real funny, Clark. You should send that one to the town crier. Maybe I will, he said with a smile. Clark turned and faced Lewis. Suddenly, an expression of profound terror stole the place of his smile. Lewis mirrored the expression, though its roots remained a mystery to him. Without hesitation, Clark cocked the axe as far behind his head as he could, took aim, and commenced the throwing motion. His hand was fully extended as the axe left his fingertips. The freshly sharpened blade and the hand-carved mahogany handle somersaulted through the brisk November air. It cleared Lewis's head by a fraction of an inch and sailed onwards toward its target. If the throw was not precise, they were dead. And this time it was going to be super painful. Time slowed to a crawl as Clark awaited the results of his throw. Thwack! The sound of an axe passing through bone and settling into brain. Thud! The sound of 875 pounds of bone, meat, blood, and guts hitting the ground. Clark's throw was precise. A long sigh escaped his body. (sighs) Without turning around, Lewis pressed his fingertips to the back of his head then brought them around to the front for examination. He inspected the liquid for a moment. Then his eyes found Clark's. This is Bigfoot blood. Yeah, gentle giant my ass. That thing was going to kill us real bad, Clark said. How could you tell? Clark shrugged. Instinct, I guess. Yeah, the best in the biz. Thanks. Hey, Lewis, how about we feast on Bigfoot meat? and drink an entire box of wine to give thanks for having such a meaningful friendship. That sounds amazing, but... He looked at the Bigfoot. We might have a problem. What? We're gonna need a bigger roasting pan. The friends laughed, and the stress caused by their near-death experience subsided. But seriously, we should do this every year. We can call it Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving? How did you come up with such a sweet name? Lewis shrugged. (laughs) Instinct, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, best in the biz. The best friends exchanged a glorious high five. A bald eagle flew from a tree. (coughs) News of Friendsgiving traveled back to Thomas Jefferson, who was most pleased and totally took credit for the holiday. Lewis and Clark decided that news of the Bigfoot would remain only theirs. And heck, who would believe them anyway?
Thank you, everyone, for listening to this special Turkey Day episode of Spring Garden and Neff. Big thanks to Julia Schroeder and Mitch Sosha for lending their voices to this episode. And hey, I'm Matt Penridge, and if you're thankful for this podcast, share it with a friend, or even like a casual acquaintance, or a stranger, I don't care, just share it with somebody, or like it, or review it, thumbs up it, um, you know, TikTok it, all of those things, do them all. All right, well, happy Thanksgiving! Yep, the best in the biz. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>